0: filler in business books and audiobooks takes up time that you don't have you're here because you want the golden nuggets from each book without all the BS. The more you learn, the more power you have to affect the world around you. This is the Cut the Crap Podcast. Never read a book again. And here's your host, Ryan Calagari. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Cut the Crap Podcast. I am so, so excited today to introduce to you our guest, Sally Hogshead. Sally, how you doing?
1: Hey Ryan, I'm great. I'm thrilled to be talking with you today. Uh, you know what? It, it, I, I think this is going to be a cut the crap type of interview where we're not going to talk about things from a standard business perspective. Let's kind of <laughs> let's get into things. Let's let's have like some juicy you. insider.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. And you know what? For anybody who doesn't know Sally. You are a very cool person. I had the opportunity to actually be a part of one of Sally's um, keynote speeches in Toronto a number of years ago. And um, for anybody who doesn't know, know Sally, she really steps outside of her boundaries, steps outside of her comfort zone. In this individual presentation, you were doing something that really made you memorable. <laughs> you were giving out Jager bomb shots to people. So I don't know if you want to give a little context behind that.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so listen, I don't normally talk about this, but Ryan, I wanted to share this with you because you're there. Um, It's a little bit embarrassing, and it's kind of a confessional. Uh, For the first half of my career, I was a creative director in advertising, working with a lot of different brands, Um, but I wasn't a professional speaker. The speech that... You, we didn't meet in person, but that you saw me, out was named the art of marketing in Toronto. And it was literally my, one of my first big keynote speeches. So I was, um, I was very unseasoned. I was really, really nervous mm. and I didn't have my content down pat because a lot of these, the concept of fascination, the science of fascination was still new for me. And so it was the day of the event and you know, when you get so nervous, you almost shut down and like, you can feel yourself oh, yeah. trembling inside. It's, it's almost like getting paralyzed. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I was kind of freezing, Um, Right before I uh, went on stage, and I made the mistake of looking at the Twitter feed. Now, remember, you'll recall this, Ryan. It was 2,000 (laughs) high-end marketers. So, you know, pressure's on. Huge stage, huge room, really prestigious event. They paid a lot of money to be there. And um, the speaker that was right before me was Mm -hmm. Seth Godin. and. You know, we, we if we don't know Seth Godin, he's one of the world's most best-selling authors and thought leaders. But for me, particularly, he'd always been this role model of mine. So that was really intimidating. You know, how do you follow your own role model? And when I logged onto the Twitter stream, it was flooding into my feed so quickly. You know how it goes, where it's like a fire hose. Oh yeah, um, oh, yeah. with the hashtag of the event, and um, it was like best speaker ever. <laughs> um, never seen anything this good. So of course, then I'm, now I'm now I'm completely freaked out. So I was thinking to myself, okay, breathe, breathe. Um, I wish I had a Valium. <laughs> and, <laughs> and another thought that I had was, you know, I can't out Seth, Seth. Mm-hmm. I, you, if, if you try to be, if you try to be better than somebody else, you're putting yourself in a really bad position because what you're doing is you're taking their qualities and then you're trying to outdo them. And that's not a way to live authentically, but more importantly, it's not a way to stand out in any crowded environment, any cluttered environment, whether we're doing marketing or we're giving a speech or leading a meeting or we're on our first date. So I, and I had the, the, I had just published my first book about this, you know, how do we fascinate in a crowded environment? So I said to myself, well, what can I do that? Um, I'm, I'm not the biggest speaker. I'm, I didn't have a New York times bestseller then. What can I do that nobody else could do? And I, I looked back on my research and I had, I, I had spent a lot of time looking at Jägermeister, mm-hmm. um, and to understand why is that brand fascinating? Cause so few people like the taste and yet it's the number eight imported spirit in the United States. So, um, so on my way, to, on my way <laughs> to the stage, I stopped by um, at the the restaurant, and I said to the bartender. Um, do you have a bottle of Jägermeister? And he said, yeah, but if I give it to you, I'm going to have to charge you per shot. In other words, they ha- they would measure out how many ounces were oh in there. <laughs> I said, that's <laughs> fine. If I can return the bottle to you, I took two shot glasses. I-, I went to the stage and you know, Seth Godin coming off and huge, roaring standing ovation. And now ladies and gentlemen, someone you've never heard of. Sally and <laughs> So I go out there and uh, this was completely spontaneous. And I said, um, ladies and gentlemen, Raise your hand if you've ever had a shot of Jägermeister, and of course, you know this, these are marketers. Everybody's had a shot mm-hmm. at some point in their life. I said, "Okay, now raise your hand if you like the taste of Jägermeister." <laughs> Hands and in a room with two thousand people, like three, <laughs> three raised their hand. And so I described what I had learned. Well, anyway, long story short, I um. um I decided that I was going to go into the audience, you know, like I, I, the cameramen had no idea what I was doing. So they had to get a live cam to like run and follow me. Cause it was all projected onto this huge screen. Mm-hmm. And I said, who here has never had a shot of Jägermeister? And so I went, I went over to this poor unsuspecting woman, poured her a shot. Um, and I did a shot and you know, the and, and the crowd went wild because it was something that, that was uh, totally unexpected. And, and, and it was so, Defiant of what mm-hmm. a speaker would normally do. and I learned later I was breaking all kinds of uh, public health <laughs> codes. But, but so here's here's the lesson that, that came out of it. Um, I, I communicated in a way that was authentic to me that that was um, that, that was helping me not try to be better but be different. Different is better than better. Mm-hmm. I, and the story has, a, has an even better ending. So many people tweeted about it. Jägermeister became a trending term on Twitter. Hmm. Um, within an hour after I walked off stage, I got a phone call from the brand marketer at Jägermeister United States saying, we don't know what you're doing, but we want you to do more. Of it. Right on. Um, so they called me into New York. Um, and I became their brand steward for one year on um, the, a, a project that they named Project Fascination. And uh, it was one of the huge breakthrough case studies. So it was by doing something that was um I wasn't trying to be better. i was I was simply being different in 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 my own way, by just being more of who I already was and what my content was that um I, Um, First of all, I was able to deliver a keynote that that wasn't too bad because we're talking right now, but uh, but that I, I got a client. And that's something that is a great lesson for all of us. It's good to be better. Mm-hmm. But it's better to be different.
0: Absolutely, and you know what? Thank you so much for taking the time to tell us that story. And well, I know it was some time ago. It's still something that was memorable, and it stuck with us. And everybody that I talked to that I went there with, we really enjoyed that talk, and, and <laughs> it was memorable. I mean, I still remember
1: it today. That's why I brought it up. So. Oh, awesome! <laughs> uh, thank you so much. It was like it. It. it uh, um, sometimes we put ourselves out there and we fall flat on our face. But failure is kind of the price of of the uh, in our in our quest to be extraordinary in our business. Is.
0: Absolutely. So on that note, the reason why I want to have you on the show today was to talk about your book. It's the New York Times bestseller, Wall Street Journal bestseller, Oprah.com's top pick, Amazon top reader's pick. It was an IBM book of the month for social business. The book is How the World Sees You. So how did you come up with the idea to write this book in the first place?
1: Based on my experience in branding, one of the things that that's fundamental in branding is – the, uh, Coca-Cola doesn't care how Coke sees the world. Coke cares how does the world see Coke. My, my clients like Mini Cooper and Nike and Target, they don't care how they see their consumer. They want to know how the consumer sees them. And they do that through focus groups. And it's a really well-established process. There's no mystery to it. We can do it over and over again, and it's not even expensive. But uh, what, something I saw about 10 years ago is that as as many good assessments, personality assessments as there are, um, they're all, for the most part, built on psychology. Mm-hmm. And so they show you how you see the world, but they don't show you how the world sees you. Mm-hmm. So I took the the basis of, of the idea of a focus group. I started researching. Um, today I've, I've measured a million people. And what if you think about this, um, it's very hard to stand outside of yourself and look at yourself. And a lot of times you can have a, a misguided view, maybe too confident, maybe insecure and flawed. But imagine if I could put up a mirror to you, and say, here's how people see you at your best. Imagine if I took a focus group, Ryan, of all of your greatest advocates, your champions, your evangelists, the, the boss who loved you, the employee who stuck with you, the professor who um, uh, nurtured you. And I said to them, how, how would you describe Ryan mm. at his best? Give me some adjectives, just like a focus group. And um, and that was the basis of my research um, that allowed me to create an algorithm uh, that, um, that measures you on, on 28 different points. Uh, very finely tuned, it measures you to one-tenth of a percent that tells you what are those qualities that are that allow you to add value and stand out and be heard in a distracted world.
0: So why is it important to fascinate and how do we do that by being true to ourselves, our, our, our true
1: core? Fascination is an intense state of focus. It's your brain's most intense state of focus. Ryan, what's something, is, is there a book or a movie Um, as a certain person, even a brand that fascinates you.
0: Hmm. There's a lot of things that fascinate me from let's go celebrity wise. It's an old school one, but Bruce Lee fascinates me a great deal. Yes.
1: Yes. Now um, there are probably some activities. Do you have a hobby?
0: Yes, I do. Um, Jiu Jitsu and kickboxing.
1: Hence the Bruce Lee reference. That's
0: exactly right. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Now, you, um, I know from this show, Cut the Crap, you love concepts, right? hmm So if you're watching a Bruce Lee movie, you are probably intensely fascinated where time goes by quickly and you feel immersed. You feel connected. It's almost like meditation. But when you're reading a book, because while you like business concepts, the process of reading is not fascinating to you. That's and you right. probably, if you're reading a book, especially if, imagine you're reading something that's dry, time will drag on. You're not focused, you're not learning, you're disengaged. And and what, what I found is that if we can apply science, uh, if we can apply the principles of branding, we can not just communicate and not just talk to our audience or our listener. We can fascinate them. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a cool thing. Fascination is one of the oldest words in written language. Mm-hmm. It means to bewitch or hold captive so your listener is powerless to resist. Wow. Some, some cultures call this spellbinding. Some cultures call it the evil eye or hypnotism. And even if you look in Webster's Dictionary, it still describes fascination as a, a state of hypnosis, almost like snake charming. And um, one, of the things I, uh, one of the things I learned is that one of the um, most prominent Roman gods was named Fascinus, the god of fascination. Interesting. And, um, parents to protect their children from the god of fascination would put amulets around their neck um the icon of fascinus was a penis <laughs> so <laughs> so imagine these little kids going around <laughs> to be protected from the god of fascination wearing little penises phallus shaped symbols around their neck oh and that every year fascinus was celebrated with um uh vestal virgins like These Vestal Virgins had to remain virgins until they were 26, which is a long time when you consider the average life expectancy, it was probably like 20. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so there's this wonderful, rich history that somehow got lost when the word fascination became more associated with Britney Spears than with this instinctive primal force.
0: So I think it's interesting because everybody's trying to stand out. Everyone's trying to be different. And so we kind of look to everybody else. You know, uh, as people in the marketing space, they like to look at thought leaders, yourself, other individuals like Seth Godin, Gary Vaynerchuk, and they want to be like them. And so they're looking outwardly and they're not looking inwardly. And what is really interesting to me is this whole idea of fascination. You sort of flip it around and you say, listen, it's not about emulating anybody else. It's about truly understanding who you are as an individual and what makes you powerful, what makes you interesting. So this is where we're going to lead into a little bit of the book and and some of your concepts here. But I find that because we live in a copycat culture essentially where we're yeah. all, you know, watching everybody else and we want to be like that person. We you're really flipping that around. You're saying, listen, you got to better understand yourself. So, how do we better understand ourselves using the personality test?
1: If I said to you, if if I said it, it like as entrepreneurs, everybody who's listening to us today, it's probably not a new concept that we need to stand out in a cluttered environment. Mm-hmm. But the question is how? And brands know how to do this when you know harkening back to my days in advertising, um, a brand knows what it, what its most differentiating qualities are. And then it's just a matter of building the marketing message. For us as individuals, it's really tough to, even if we know that we want to be different, how do we do that? And so when i when I developed this personality test, the fascination advantage, i I realized that if if I can give somebody, the exact adjectives to describe themselves. In other words, it's their positioning in the marketplace that we don't have to try to be loud and wacky. Uh, We don't even have to run into the audience and serve Jägermeister shots. It's not about getting attention for the sake of getting attention. It's about pinpointing the exact words that describe how other people see you at your best so that every time you communicate, whether you're writing an email, you're giving a speech, you're you're writing a love letter, you're you're communicating when you want to play your A game, Mm -hmm. that you can take a look at those adjectives and kind of use them like a filter. So the adjectives that describe me are different than the adjectives, which we can talk about a moment that describe you, Ryan. Mm -hmm. The adjectives. according to the fascination advantage, when I took the assessment (laughs) after creating it out of the box, social and energizing out of the box, social and energizing. So that means according to my brand positioning, when I need, when I want to, when I want to be seen at my highest value, most authentic and feel most confident, not only do I have permission to be out of the box, social and energizing, I must be. So if I'm writing a blog post, Um, then, and I, and if I look at it and say, this blog post is not out of the box, social and energizing, then I'm creating brand confusion. And not only am I sounding like somebody else and, and, uh, risking blending in and being ignored or forgotten, but I'm also not, um, I'm, I'm not adding value in a way that only I can do. And this is, I think this is really the key benefit that, that, um, that I, my goal is to help people understand their highest value so they can do more of that. Um, they can feel empowered and they can make a bigger difference, not just with their business, but in their life. Because you know that feeling, Ryan, you know that feeling when you're in a meeting and you're talking and you know that the you're in your flow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like an athlete being in the zone. It doesn't happen all the time, but those moments when you're capturing the essence of what you want to communicate and they're listening and they're taking notes not only are they inspired, but you can see they're really changing the way they think or feel. That's that feeling that I want to give to people because when you're in that mode, you can, you can shape ideas that, um, that, are, that are not just about business, but that, that are essential mm-hmm. for you in, in whatever your goals are in your life.
0: We all want to feel that way. We all want to be in that state of flow. We all want to be our most authentic self. We want to be true to who we are and we want to ensure that we have a very consistent brand. But I think the difficulty is, again, in this copycat culture, we get influenced by so many different things. So one of the most important things we can do is truly understand ourselves. And me being, you know, completely vulnerable here, I think that's something that I struggle with. It is, you know, I go to see, I see a whole bunch of presentations and I'm like, oh, that's a cool thing. Maybe I should do that. Right, you know, don't we
1: all? Yeah, and and there are probably times where you see somebody and you say, "Oh, uh, you know, th- that's a cool outfit," mm-hmm. or that that couple is more in love than I am with my significant other, or or whatever. I mean, that's, totally. It's natural, and the problem is the greatest way to add value is to become more of yourself. You don't have to change yourself; you have to become more of yourself. And the problem is that when we see other people and we try to we try to mimic then we're, we're not differentiating ourselves. That's so let right. me give you an example. I used to look at other authors and I thought, oh, they're, they're, they are they're sound so erudite. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, sound, they sound so smart. <laughs> um, or I would look at other speakers and say, well, they're so polished. It's almost as though they have a script in their head. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, and so I tried to, when I tried to be somebody I'm not, it was exhausting, it felt like quicksand. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel confident. I didn't feel energized by it. And what, and, and, So part of the the point of this system is for you to be able to see what are those things that you're doing right, not to fix yourself. What are you already doing right so that so that you can do more of that? And Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll give you an example when uh, when I look at when I look at other people who are running their business. Things, sometimes things will seem so buttoned up, you know, like wow, they've they've mm-hmm. got a system that seems frictionless. <laughs> <laughs> and I look at my process, and it's it's a little messy, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I like to get in there and experiment. Mm-hmm. And it it fails sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I finally realized that I'm never going to run a flawless business. I'm never I'm never going to be the the accountant style entrepreneur. And I don't need to be and I shouldn't be, but I should partner with those people mm-hmm. or I should outsource to those people or I shouldn't make promises that I'm going to be like those people. And, and that's really what where the key to personal branding comes in. It's not just understanding you who you are. It's understanding who, you, who you're not.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's key. And I think one of the things that you and I did, first off, uh, I was chatting with, uh, with, with, with Kate. Uh, she Kate, works with yeah. you. Yeah. And so she said, you know what, why don't you take the, the, the fascination uh, exercise, take the personality yeah. test. And so I said, you know, it's a great idea. I can't believe I haven't done that yet. So I did that test. And um, so you have my results. Maybe you want to share I some do. of those results with us.
1: So here's what we learned when you took the fascination advantage. The, the way in which you are most likely to be seen at your best is when you use prestige. And by that, I mean when you're raising the standards, you're focusing on excellence, you're uncompromising, and you're looking at how you can help people set the standard and even raise the standard. The second way you are most likely to be seen at your best is through passion. Passion is, think of it like a language of relationship. So it, your your best impression is going to be built on uh, engagement, stories, um, um, a really colorful language, body language. Mm-hmm. So um, I also score very, very high on passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we found is when you combine prestige and passion, your archetype, which is another way of saying your personal brand specialty is that is you are named the connoisseur. The connoisseur is defined as being insightful, distinguished, and in the know. Remember a moment ago, I said my adjectives are out of the box, social and energizing. Mm -hmm. Yours are insightful, distinguished, and in the know. Ryan, if you had to pick one of those adjectives, which one feels like it best describes how you are different? Insightful, distinguished, or in the know. I would have to say insightful. Okay. So let's say you're going into um, a situation where you want to play your A game. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're pitching a new client or, or or you're you're doing you're you're in a conversation like this where you're podcasting to many tens of thousands of people at a time. Um, it before you before you start the call, do you think to yourself, Okay, I, I wanna add insight. You know, I want to cut the crap and not just have the same drivel as everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's exactly um, right. If somebody said to you, hey, Ryan, listen, we don't really need insight. We want you to just read from the script. How would that feel for you?
0: It would feel uncomfortable. That's for sure.
1: And it would, it, you would probably not be able to make your best first impression. It
0: would, it would be tough. It would be very tough for me to do. I've been in that position before, and it's it's rough reading straight from a script, and they're like, just follow this bad boy, and it doesn't feel like it's me. Like, it's just not me. I don't get my full personality out. It just doesn't work out
1: and d- does it feel discouraging when you're in a situation where whether they literally say it or not that you feel like you have to do that yep we call that a quicksand the quicksand is the area when you're forced to communicate in a way that um, is is not authentic it doesn't make you feel confident but um it, if you don't know why you're feeling demoralized it can be easy to say well there must be something wrong with me l- l- let's l- so, so the the kind of person that you should partner with though maybe hire hire or um, a v- a vendor, mm-hmm. um, the, the kind of the person you probably need around you is somebody who doesn't need to sit there and generate new ideas, who doesn't need to be insightful, distinguished and in the know, but maybe is analytical so they keep you on track or is um, precise so they can manage your calendar or somebody who is uh, razor focused mm-hmm. on the bullseye so that um, you don't have to focus on the implementation side, you can focus on the insight side. So one of the things that I used to do is I, when I would when I would hire, I would hire people that I clicked with in the interview. And then I had a bunch of people running around who were like me, and we weren't getting anything done because we were all being out-of-the-box social and energizing. And nobody <laughs> was being analytical, laser-focused, et cetera. So in a moment, you and I are going to be giving a, a cool little surprise, a mm-hmm. secret, that we're going to give people um, their own code so they can take the assessment. And what I encourage people to do is have the people around you do the assessment, too, so that you can see – even people who kind of get on your nerves, you can see, oh, here's how I can communicate with them in a way that we can add value to each other mm. because great partnerships are built on diversity. They're not built on Similarity. You don't want to replicate yourself over and over again.
0: So for Sorry. anybody who wants to take the fascination advantage, uh, it's a personality test that Sally put a lot of time, effort, and research into developing. And for myself, actually going through it, it was incredibly, incredibly easy to do. It took me very little time, but it provided a great deal of insight for me. And I, I love insights. And it was actually interesting, Sally, just a little tidbit for you. I actually printed it up and showed it to, uh, showed it to my wife and showed it to a few friends I had over. And I said, guys, does this represent me at my best? And they kind of looked at me like, What are you talking about? I said, Just read this. And they they read it and they're like, This is for sure you, man. This is you when you're just, you know, you're cruising, when you're getting ready for a presentation. I'm like, That's really cool. It was validation of it as well. I love that. I loved it. It was a good reminder to be my authentic self and don't try to be somebody else. And I know a lot of you out there listening right now, you're trying to be thought leaders in your industry. You guys are trying to get out there, do your presentations, you're out there hustling, you're out there grinding. You guys need to be true to yourselves. Don't try to be like Gary Vaynerchuk. Don't try to be like Seth Godin. Don't try to be like your, whoever it is you're trying to emulate. you got to be true to yourself. And for me, one of the first steps is getting tools, getting resources that are going to help you better understand who you are. And I believe that Sally has a fantastic tool. And uh, Sally, I think you have an offer for everyone who uh, who's listening right now.
1: Sure. Yeah, it's an invitation. It is to take the fascination advantage for free so that you can find out how does the world see you at your best? How are you most likely to make a positive first impression? And how can you have more energy to be in that wellspring? Here's how to do it. Go to to howtofascinate.com forward slash you, Y-O-U. Howtofascinate.com forward slash you. And uh, and it's going to ask you to, to register. Normally it's not free, but in this case, Ryan... We have yes. a free code, perfect. It's like a little, a little back door. It's <laughs> uh, and the code is "cut the crap," all one word. So just type in "cut the crap," and as soon as you register, you can take the assessment. It only takes about three minutes because remember, we live in a in a distracted, short attention span world. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get a report just like yours, Ryan, that describes how people see you. Um, how it, uh, it's kind. Of, think of it like the way to position yourself in your marketing. So that if you're writing that that dreaded Twitter bio or LinkedIn bio where it's really easy to kind of um, freeze up and keep deleting and, oh, how do I not sound like everybody else finding myself by a job title? Um, I, I wrote it almost like – imagine I'm your advertising agency, mm-hmm. and I wrote it like your market position. So you can think of it like your North Star so that anytime you need to describe yourself or introduce yourself, you've got it right there, and you can plagiarize me flagrantly. <laughs> This may I give is... you may I give you an example? Please, yes. Okay. Um, a, a type of personality that a personal brand that's very different than me um, is one that's part of the assessment named the detective. So in the report, I say you you create precise answers to the most complex problems. So imagine you can just take that line of copy I've written, Cut and paste it. Put it into your LinkedIn profile. I create precise answers to the most complex problems. Here are three examples of how I've done that in the past. Now all of a sudden people are like, oh, now I know how to work with this person. I know why I should hire them and I understand why they're different. Mm
0: -hmm. So I want you guys to do the test find out what your archetype is and i really want you guys to know or to share that with me. Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter, Facebook. I know you guys like to email me as opposed to anything else, so feel free to email me as well too. I want to hear what you guys uh, have. I'm the connoisseur. What are you guys? How many of you guys out there are connoisseurs? And Sally, what are you, what are you again?
1: I am a catalyst. Catalyst. Nice. Catal- the reason why i named this archetype, this personal brand I named it The Catalyst because if you think back to science class, remember, a catalyst is a a starting agent. So I'm really good at starting things, starting projects, kind of bringing a lot of energy to the forefront. I'm really terrible at finishing things. I don't like spreadsheets. I suck at Excel docs. (laughs) So so something I invite people to do is share this with your team or your circle of friends. Um, Put it out on Twitter, just like Ryan is doing. Put it out on Facebook and ask people, is this how you see me or... Um, tell me who you are and it's a great way to bond Mm. with people when when you're told here's how people see you at your best everybody you know it's kind of it's like oh yeah you know it's a it's a confidence boost
0: absolutely sally i've had such a pleasure speaking with you today and thank you so much for coming on the show sharing some insights with us and uh, giving us this free opportunity to really get to know who we are better and uh you know as far as a lot of our audience is concerned we're all trying to become better that's why we listen to the show and i really believe that uh, that this test this personality test will help us do that so thank you so much for adding so much value today i really thank you
1: ryan it. it's so fun to talk to you and uh cheers from a catalyst to a connoisseur <laughs> cheers to you, Sally. Thank you so much.